pain is weakness leaving the body is a phrase that they use in the military. And so you, you, you almost root yourself in making sure that you don't show any kind of weaknesses. And unfortunately, we are a culture of thinking that mental health is somehow associated with weakness, which it's not. No. And it's really important to recognize that your mental health is about your strength. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. We're live. We're live in Park City at our GoBundance 10th Annual Winter Mastermind, uh, which is cool. I get to be live with our guests and, and have a little fun learning a little bit more about them. So today I'm welcoming in Robin Kelleher. She's the co-founder, president, and CEO of Hope for the Warriors, a, cha a charity serving uh, wounded and fallen military communities. Robin, welcome. Thank you, Jamie. That's great to be here. Yeah, it's fun, right? If you had uh, some, t you get some time with the guys and all that stuff over in the we main did. room. We did, yeah. So we got to, we did a panel discussion over there and talked a little bit about what we do and also a, what's a good way for people to really invest themselves into something that's bigger than they are. Love it, love it. That's genuine contribution pillar we talk about all the time. So yes. let's dive in a little bit about you. I mean, you've built this charity. It's been around for some time. You've raised significant uh, uh, money to serve these communities that you do serve. What's your story? Where are you from? How did, you, how did this become a passion project? Uh, so I grew up as a military child. My father served three tours in Vietnam, which is somewhat wow. unusual. Um, my grandfather served in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. And so I was just surrounded by uh, the culture mm. and I loved it, loved it. Um, I knew that I wanted to be uh, I probably would marry into the military because it was just part of who I was and, sure. and the way I was brought up. And uh, I married a Marine in 2002 and in 2001, excuse me. And we, um, it, what was interesting about that time is he was in the Marine Corps and he was doing a what was called a year out program. And so he was working for the Office of Foreign Disaster Assistance for one year. Uh, and then 9-11 hit. Mm. And instead of deploying as a Marine, he deployed as a, uh, as a member of, or humanitarian. And so we were married maybe a month and a half before he was gone for the next six months to Africa and Afghanistan and Uzbekistan and all the stands. And, mm. and so it really kind of threw me into the military lifestyle as a military wife. Um, and we weren't connected at the bases, so it was just something I had to figure out for myself. Um, and I started to realize the strength of the military family as uh, when, when we're at war. Mm. And um, we soon thereafter, after he returned home, we moved down to North Carolina, to Camp Lejeune, yeah. and the deployment cycle started. Um, in 2004, um, my husband's best friend was very severely wounded in Iraq. Uh, traumatic brain injury and just the, the whole host of injuries that accompany, you know, mortar rounds. Um, and he, when he came back to Camp Lejeune, his wife and I uh, felt very strongly that there was what we needed to do was to start taking care of the families of the wounded and those of the fallen because it wasn't in place yet. Mm. Uh, we weren't, we sent them off to war very prepared to fight, but we did not bring them back and we weren't ready to take care of them when they came home with these catastrophic injuries. Okay. And so it was really incumbent for people to come together and figure it out. Um, and so that's what we did. It was a labor of love. It was in part of our culture as military families. We take care of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where Hope was born, was out of just a love for all of our fellow military families and knowing that this wasn't going to end. Um, we founded 
Hope for the Warriors in 2006. And my husband had already deployed twice at that point and was on his way out for the third round. And we're all trying to have babies and families. And, (laughs) you know, you got to figure things out. You get real creative when it comes to that kind of a lifestyle. Um, But most importantly, we had to band together Mm. to make sure that we were going to make it through um, and and at some point thrive again. Right. you know, for a while there, we were all just surviving. Makes sense. Your your husband's still active right now, or is he retired? You know, Marines are, all, you know, once Marine, always Marine. So <laughs> he is officially retired from the Marine Corps, but he is a civilian Marine now. Gotcha. And, and we are divorced. I do want to um, make that clear, but that has a lot to do with the experiences that we had. Can you explain that? What do you mean it has a lot to do with the experiences that you had? So the lifestyle, first of all, as I mentioned, we got married and then he immediately started yeah. deploying. So we didn't really get a lot of married time together to build that, that cohesiveness and that resiliency um, that gets people through really tough times. And so you go through three deployments, you know, back to back to back and um, raising kids and, and you're doing it separately. Yeah. So you're not coming together on all those really important moments that, you know, create lasting bonds. Um, and, you know, he had a lot of trouble with the, the experiences that he had. His best friend was severely wounded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lost his own men. There's survivor's guilt. There's so many things that are attached to um, those, those combat tours. And we didn't have a lot of resources. Uh, and this is another reason why Hope for the Warriors was so important. Yeah. We didn't have marriage counselors that were helping us get through it. We didn't have... Um, you know, everyone was experiencing the same thing. So your friends are trying to just make it through themselves. Um, and so I, I feel like we were a victim of, not a victim. I never would no, use that word. Yeah, sure. Um, but we didn't have the resources that we really needed to make the marriage stronger and work through the, the things that we uh, were experiencing. And um, we're great friends. Uh, our, our kids are doing extremely well. Uh, I have a lot of understanding of who he is now and sure. what he's been through. Uh, and a tremendous amount of respect. Your your parent, your your mother and father, or your father is in the military. I mean, your whole family's been in the military at some point, yeah. going back generations. Can you compare or contrast your experience as a military wife in, in this modern era, if you will, to what you saw your mother go through? So, is there a difference? Uh, oh. Were your parents divorced? I, I'm just kind of curious if you can. Yeah, you just gave me goosebumps because um, actually, it's it's scarily very similar. Um, my dad did three tours in Vietnam, as I mentioned, and that's unusual. And when they did three tours, it was a year at a time. So a lot of separation. And so, yes, my parents did get divorced. Um, and I didn't understand my dad and, you know, he would write letters from Vietnam. I didn't understand them. I didn't understand why he was gone. Um, I thought it was because of me. Mm. And, um, so I grew up very curious as to who he was and, and why, we were no longer a family, but I didn't get any answers because he wasn't, he never talked about it. He would never talk about his experiences. My grandfather never talked about his experiences uh, and neither did my husband. So it's a, it's a culture that's trained to be a fighting force to, to um, defend the country. When they're not doing that, they still have those traits about them. So it's, in many ways, you, you almost see the military training sets them up for failure as civilians because they're so strong and they're so tough and, they, um, and they're trained to do things that most people wouldn't even consider doing. But we don't train them how to be civilians again and how to process all of those things. 
Um, and so when they transition out, it's, it's a really tough place to be. Uh, and their families really struggle. So again, Hope for the Warriors is about keeping that family unit together. Yeah. Uh, as you, you probably know, the divorce rate in the military is much higher than it is in the civilian sector. Yeah. Um, and so it's really important that we focus our energies and our programming on the entire family unit. Did you ever, did you at a, was there a point in time where you noticed the repeating pattern? So you were a child observing what your parents went through, and it sounds like today you probably have a better understanding of your father, uh, you know, along your adult journey and all that you've gone through, you have a better understanding of who he was then, but as a child maybe didn't understand that. When did you, or did you, uh, uh, at some point you did, but when did you recognize that, that pattern? Was it early on? Was it only after your divorce or... You know, it's interesting that you asked that question. Um, I was just chosen as an AARP Purpose Prize Fellow, yeah. uh, and to uh, and I wrote a I wrote a uh, an essay that was accepted into the program, and it was actually about my grandmother, and it didn't start off that way. So it was a real reflective journey with this particular um, with AARP, and I learned a lot about my grandmother as a military wife and and who she was and her strength and why I didn't understand some of that as, as I was growing up. I was then asked to write another article about my father. Mm. And in writing that one, it's where all of these realizations came to, together. Wow. And I recognized all of the similarities through my life between, um, between my grandfather, my grandmother, my dad, and my mom. And yeah, so I'm in a much better place. Crazy. No, it's <laughs> yeah. great. Well, Isn't it funny? And, and the other part of that, and I think about this in the context of, you know, uh, with GoBundance, we have the authentic relationship pillar that's important to us. On the men's side, which is where we are, we're dads. A lot of us are dads. I have mm -hmm. two young boys. Uh, on the women's side, many are moms. So I guess maybe I, I'm asking this question uh, from a standpoint of uh, as a parent generally, but more specifically to your experience. Growing up as a military child, and then going through what you went through with your husband, and I get you're on a good, in a good spot, friends, all of that stuff. Uh, kids, how many kids do you have? We have two. How old? Uh, 18 and 16. Okay, so they're grown. Mm -hmm. What, if any, uh, I don't know, what, if any, support do you feel you were more equipped, if at all, to offer them as they went through what you went through as a child? Or, again, was it something that maybe you weren't able to recognize until later on? But I'm just kind of curious if there's anything that you took from your childhood and what you observed to now living it in order to help your, help support your kids through that because it, it's just, there's a lot of parallels to what we go through as dads and what the, the women's Absolutely. group goes through as moms. So I'm just kind of curious, any, any, any insights on the, on the, you know, moving your kids through this whole thing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and so just for context, both of my kids have our, you know, OA, OEF, OIF babies. Um, so their entire lives have been uh, about the military and, so I, I don't and know the OEF OIF uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. Gotcha. So they gotcha. were born in yeah. the middle of all of that. Understood. So um, they grew up, you know, not knowing where Dad was or what yeah. was going on. And um, my daughter actually thought her dad was lived two doors down because he was always around and her dad was gone. And wow. um, so I think the best thing that we've done for our kids is is instilled a sense of purpose. So my kids have also been volunteers of Hope for the Warriors since the day they were born. Wow. Um, they were examples mm -hmm. of strength and resiliency in my mind because we had to figure out how to have kids while someone was gone yeah. and deployed. Yeah. Um, and so they have felt connected to their dad and their mom. And in a way, even though we got divorced, still, you know, there's still that camaraderie between us all because we have this 
shared connection. I love that. I love that. So you you really rooted them in your purpose early mm-hmm. on, and they've been they've been along for that journey. I, I want to talk about uh, hope for the warriors, but I just one more kind of question along these lines because something that's interesting to me is the, and maybe this is where hope for the warriors comes in, is the seeming lack of evolution in terms of um, you know you come from multi multiple generations of military families. And the, the commonality, it sounds like you said when you wrote this essay, you understood now your grandmother two generations ago. I just think of the role of women in our society, right? From your grandmother to your mother to you today. And it doesn't sound like there's a lot. I mean, there's, there doesn't sound like even though women have become much more, you know, bigger in the workplace, entrepreneurs, way more than when your grandmother was around. Mm-hmm. But the experience of the military wife sounds very similar. And, and more than that, the mindset, the behavior of the deployed veteran has not really changed either, right? It seems like it's, it's, it's fixed in time in some way, shape, exactly. form, despite all of the advances in all these different areas. Even just around mental health has become way more of an acceptable topic today for men than it was even 10 years ago or 20 years ago, Absolutely. let alone when your father mm-hmm. or grandfather Thank was God. <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about that. What is at the core of that? Why is there not that advancement in the experience of the military family? in the mental health aspect and, and being able to talk through or, or uh, counseling and that sort of thing from a military uh, uh, veteran standpoint? Like, what is the, what's the, what's the block there? That's a really great question. And I'd, I'd love to be able to break down that barrier. Um, and we're yeah. trying, and I think we are making progress. Yeah. Um, it, if you look at the military spouse, their experience has been very consistent uh, year after year after year. And, 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 through generations and through um, and through different wars and, and events in the world, um, my grandmother was the strongest, toughest woman I've ever known, and so was my mother. Sure. Um, and I, you know, I'd love to be uh, alongside them and, and know that I could do the same thing. You've and done and some I feel like we're pretty big things here. So yeah, I feel like I feel like they brought gave me a lot. Um, I, but I think it's it's important that it be consistent, yeah. and so. They're all doing. They're continuing to do the same thing, right? We're we're maybe doing it very differently now. Um, ground war is not necessarily what we're going to be seeing in the future. Sure. But at the end of the day, we're still protecting our country and yeah. and our rights. Um, and so there's a very consistent mission, and therefore behaviors around that mission have stayed very consistent. Mm. Um, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you you keep growing, but. Um, I think what we're going to see moving forward is that mental health has got to be a part of that. And, um, you know, pain is weakness. Leaving the body is a phrase that they use in the military. And so you, you, you almost root yourself in, in, um, in making sure that you don't show any kind of weaknesses. And unfortunately, we are a culture of thinking that mental health is somehow associated with weakness which it's not. No. And it's really important to recognize that your mental health is about your strength. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to change what that looks like. And I think, interestingly enough, the pandemic has helped tremendously because for the longest time, everyone thought PTSD was a military issue. Yeah. Um, post-traumatic stress is something everybody in this country has experienced. Everyone in the world is experiencing now and it's becoming more normal. Thank God. Yeah. Um, our problem now is we don't have the resources to address it. And we are stuck in trying to um, find, figure out why we can't do telemental health, which is an incredible resource in this country. And yet there's big barriers to mm-hmm. access of care. And it's really important that nonprofits like Hope, who have been doing this for 
uh, I mean, we started doing telemental health 10 years ago, yeah. way before the pandemic hit, yeah. um, and reaching veterans where they live, where they go when they need to uh, escape from society. Um, but it's, so it's, it is a thing that can happen, it can be done, mm. but there are still these barriers that we need to break down. It blows my mind with mental health specifically, not to get on a rant here, but when you, when you think about things that you do proactively for yourself physically, mm -hmm. you go to a dentist before your teeth fall out, not after they fall out, you go proactively to make sure they don't. You go get a physical every year, you're not sick, but you want a checkup, make sure everything's working. But we don't prioritize that from a mental health standpoint or even relationally, right? We don't, mm -hmm. we don't, we look at like couples counseling happens only when something breaks, which doesn't make any sense. Right, if right. If you value it like you do your physical health or your teeth or anything else you do proactively. Um, so the idea that, you know, even getting ahead of or out in front of what, because we all have some aspect of mental, we're all broken in some way. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our traumas, right? So getting out in front and being proactive even seems like, you know, specific, especially in the military, right? Where the things these folks see is just unbelievable, uh, seems like a, a way to go. And one quick follow, kind of a part B to the question of the lack of evolution. I wonder, do you, have you worked with uh, uh, kind of the, the opposite of the, of the tr traditional norm? And what I mean is where the, uh, the, the woman is the deployed veteran mm -hmm. and the, the male spouse is at home. Um, is there, is there a difference in behavior given just the gender difference? Like, are women more open to talking about their experience when they've faced trauma? Or is it is the military... No. It, mm -hmm. Wow, so the military is almost almost like even the playing field, even from a... <laughs> well, you think and uh, think about females in the military. It's, <laughs> I mean, people are talking about it all the time. They're, they, have, they should not show weakness, mm. and even, that's the even problem. Even less so, right? Probably exactly. No it weakness, is more incumbent yeah. upon them to be stronger, yeah. um, and that's an expectation. And it's mm. demanded many times, uh, in, and that's something that we're also talking about. And fortunately, there's a lot of female veterans who are starting to speak up. Um, military sexual trauma is an issue, and just getting... Um, being promoted and being treated equally in the military is is something that we have to continue talking about and keep those those dialogues open, and also have buy-in from leadership because that's where it comes from is you know the top yeah, down. Makes sense. So this is purposeful work that you're doing, obviously with Hope for the Warriors, and we've touched the fringes of it. Sounds like what you're working on specifically the family, not so much. Well, I shouldn't say not so much, but the whole family. It's mm -hmm. a holistic approach that you're you're, you're you're working through. Give me more. Can you what's, whether it's an elevator pitch on exactly what Hope for the Warriors is, whatever you want to be very clear on, what do you do and, and how can people really help and get involved? So as you were saying, mental health is really the core of who we are. Mm -hmm. And there are specific tenants that we address within to make sure that we're um, uh, promoting positive and good mental health. And a lot of that is financial. Uh, so in the military, our, our typical client is male um, between maybe 30, 35 and married with two kids, $45,000 annual combined salary. Wow. So if you think about that, mm. financial issues can be very difficult for people, for relationships. Yeah. Um, it's a, it relates to a sense of failure or success, um, being able to provide for your family, which is part of the military ethos, right? So you, you got these things and these um, uh that you have to be, but yet you don't have the resources in order to carry out some of those things. So it it puts a lot of stress on a military family. Um, you've also got education, which is an important piece for us, um, not just for the service member, but for the military spouse. So if you think about the 
typical, um, not typical, but the service members who've been wounded severely, mm. uh, medically retire out of the military, and their wives may become the primary breadwinner. But if they've never been to school, or if they've never had an opportunity to educate themselves, they don't have a lot of great opportunity in the workforce. Mm. Um, so that's a piece of what we do. Um, those spouses that are caregivers and that are taking care of service members, they need a ton of support and they need connectedness and they need, um, they need a day off. Um, those are parts of the programming that we have. Um, our financial piece. So if we have grant financial grants for people who are in crisis mm. and our goal is to take them from crisis mode to stability and then work to resiliency mm. so that they don't find themselves back in that place again. Um, we have a physical component to what we do. Um, the uh, military culture is about health, well-being, strength, goal setting, um, fight, you know, race, running races and, yeah. and marathons and, sure. and all those crazy things. But um, so we try to get people back into those things because, you know, just as everyone here knows that that activity, that physical activity really feeds a good, healthy mind and heart. Yeah. Um, and then we have employment. Um, transitioning out of the military can be very challenging. Uh, navigating what networking looks like. Military cultures, you, you don't network in the military, right? right? <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't learn how to be friends with people. They are, they're, uh, you know, they got a job to do. So those are the, the skill sets that we work with to ensure that employment is really about another journey. It's yeah. not about just having a job. Um, we're working with people who are mission-minded, purpose-minded, um, and they want that kind of lifestyle after they get out of the military as well. How do you find those that you're going to serve? Is it is it referred by friends? Like if somebody's listening right now saying, I have friends that are in the military or, you know, I'm having this experience right now. Like how, how would somebody, how do you find the, the client to serve, if you will? So we do have a great reputation and we've been around for 16 years. So a lot of our referrals come through the VA. The VA actually sends us people. Um, the installations themselves uh, know our name and know that we do good work. Uh, the website, you know, you could Google search and, and we come up. But word of mouth is really the most important connector. And, and even in the military, it's word of mouth. We trust. If another military spouse tells me, uh, and I'll give you a great example. Yeah. We moved to Rhode Island. Uh, my husband was going to the war college up there. And we moved into base housing. And in one of the drawers was a directory of the community with sure. all the phone numbers in it. Yep. The woman who lived there before had gone through and made notes of everything that was in that directory of this place is great, don't <laughs> even bother. And I didn't even hesitate. I didn't yeah. know her, yeah. but I knew who she was because she was me. Mm. Uh, and I didn't hesitate to take all of her advice. So mm. word of mouth is really important. But I'll tell you That's a awesome. cool story. Sure. Last night at dinner, I was speaking with one of the um, members here and we were talking about what we do, and he mentioned that his uh, nephew had passed, uh, had um, uh, died by suicide. Mm. And so I asked about the family and how was everybody doing, and, and he mentioned that you know there's some support that could be used there. So we traded numbers there, and he and he passed along our name uh, to the rest of the family. So it's um, being. I, why did I pick that guy to sit with and, and talk to in line? I don't know, but now I know. One question about you, and then I want to ask if you, if you don't mind, uh, maybe you can share a story of something that really impacted you or somebody that you've worked with that's really been impactful for you, like a key testimonial. But 
Um, for you on the on this topic of purpose, like you started this, you said 16 years ago, uh, from the from the foundation of being kind of a military spouse, right? Being the family mm -hmm. of military and all that we've talked about. When did you know this was absolutely what you were born to do? When did you know that this was your key purpose, your your reason for being? When did that become clear to you? And maybe there was a moment, or maybe it just was a over time. But can you articulate that? So when we first got started, we we actually just started with an event. My um, my girlfriend and I put on a run at um, Camp Lejeune, and we were big runners. We loved it. Thought that was a great way to bring the community together, honor the culture of the military and really emphasize that we had service members that were coming home wounded and they were having to start all over again. Mm. So it represented their first mile uh, and it was a mile run with a 5K and a 10K. And, wow. um, and we were so proud. You know, it was such a great day. It poured down rain. Everything that could happen to ruin an event happened that day. Sure. Not one person budged, nobody left, and over 2,000 people finished wow. that race. And so... It, it was a really special day, but from that we recognized that we could do more. Now, I had just had baby number two. <laughs> My husband was deployed again, um, and I was exhausted. Yeah. I, the thought of starting something again was, I didn't know if I had the capacity to do it. Sure. And I, so I prayed about it, prayed a lot. Um, and when we, um, I kept, we kept going with the idea of starting a nonprofit organization. I was very, I was, again, holding back on not my, how sure I was if this was the right decision. And when we received the paperwork from our, um, from the IRS, it was dated 9-11, mm. 2006. And I, I knew just, right I then and there, <laughs> I was like, if well. there's no greater message from above, up above, then, uh, I'm not listening very well. Amazing. Amazing. I love that you tuned into that too, mm -hmm. right? You could have easily looked past that, but you were, yeah. you, you looked for and found it, which is incredible. All right. So tell me, uh, you know, if you were to, if you were to say, Hey, you want a success story of what I'm doing with hope for the Warriors? Here it is. What is that success story? Uh, I love this story. Um, we have a, a, a family that we met in Texas. Um, the Marine had been severely wounded, and um, and the, because of the t the nature of his injury, he was rehabilitating at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio. And what's very typical with that types of injuries is that the the family moves mm. with them to the hospital. So if you can imagine, mm. you know, you've got to pick up your family and move um, to a different state, and they're there for years. Um, and so we were working with the family while they were there, and it was husband and wife. Um, he was um, doing great, and they were invited to be in a welcome home veterans parade in Texas. And during the parade, uh, a train hit the, the wagon that they were in. Um, the, you know, the parade route went over a train track, and just so happened that the coordination hadn't been hit the well wagon done. the family was in? Mm -hmm. Oh my! So several people were killed. Um, our marine was uh, re-injured. His wife was injured, and so you can imagine they're you know what's going on in their minds. Like this is one strike, two strikes, and were there uh, kids in this wagon? Their kids in this? Wagon? No, no, they did not have children oh, at the time. Okay, okay, sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but what I love about these two is it didn't stop them. They persevered through this, and they began to. He became her caregiver. She was his caregiver, and they came together um, to to uh, continue going and so he was then um, he stayed in the Marine Corps and they moved to Camp Lejeune and he was promoted um, and uh, and now then and now he's in the Washington DC area they have their first son 
And unfortunately, when they came to Virginia, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So what more can a family take? Um, They persevered through that uh, with hope by their side, with things that they needed along the way. And they knew they had a big family net surrounding them. Um, He is going to retire soon and hope that, you know, he will serve in in office and serve his community. Uh, she's a teacher and doing amazing things and they have a beautiful son. And to me, that's a story of resiliency, right? The, the things that uh, you look at a family like that and they've just been hit left and right uh, and they didn't give up, right. you know, they just kept going and they, um, remarkable. That's, story. That's a great word for it. That's the word that was going through my mind. That is remarkable. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And kudos but to I you. But I see that every day. Yeah. And that's so I yeah. get to go to work yeah. and work with people like that. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's good, awesome. Good for you. And kudos <laughs> to you for what you've created. Where can folks learn more? Why don't you direct them to a website, social Absolutely. media handle, wherever you'd like to send them? So our website has information on how to get to all of our social media handles as well. We're at www.hopeforthewarriors.org. Um, you can find out how to support the organization. Uh, we do a lot of events. We're very community focused with events. Um, there's very powerful stories there. Uh, lots of information about the people who work at Hope. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, 75% of our staff are either veterans or military spouses. Yeah. Um, so we're very passion focused, uh, but very fiercely solution driven as well. Love it. Thank you, Robin, so much for telling your story. Thanks for spending time with me. I know you got a ton going on here, and uh, it's great getting to know you. Thank you. Yeah, have a great time this week. Thank you.